Hey guys, this is Jeff Stanek with Figured Out Baseball. We've got a really good Figured Out Baseball podcast for you today. Uh, we're being joined by Jake Boss. Jake is the head coach at Michigan State in the Big Ten. Uh, very, very lucky to have him on the program today. Uh, let me give you a quick background on Coach Boss before we get into questions with him. So uh, I think it's important to know where guys come from and kind of some, some things that they've done in their life, uh, their baseball careers, before, before we start talking. Um, he is a Lansing, Michigan native. He played at Alma College, uh, graduated from Alma in two, I'm sorry, 1993. Uh, started his coaching career in the high school ranks, was the high school coach in 1994 and 1995. In 1996 and 1997, he was an assistant coach at Iowa Central Community College, a, a really good and, and storied junior college program in Iowa. Uh, both of the seasons he was there, the team went to the Junior College World Series. In 1998 through 2004, he was an assistant coach at Eastern Michigan. They won back-to-back MAC West championships in 03 and I'm sorry, 02 and 03. Went to an NCAA regional in 2003. Uh, while at Eastern Michigan, Coach Boss also earned his master's degree in 2000. Then, from 2005 through 2007, he was the recruiting coordinator at Michigan. Uh, while at Michigan, the team made it to three straight regionals. The, all three years he was there, and they won 40 plus games all three years that he was there. The 2007 Michigan team went to an NCAA Super Regional for the first time in Michigan history. He became the head coach at uh, Eastern Michigan for the 2008 season, uh, back to where he was an assistant for quite a long time. That one year he was there, the team won the regular season MAC West. They won the conference tournament and went on to an NCAA Regional, and he was named the conference coach of the year in 2008. He was then named the head coach at Michigan State in July of that year, July 2008. Uh, At Michigan State, including the very abbreviated 2020 season, he has won a total of 342 games for the Spartans. Um, The most in in any, uh, the the previous 11 full seasons was the most wins in any 11-year span in Michigan State history. Five of the 10 winningest seasons in MSU history have come with Coach Boss as the head coach. A couple other highlights. In 2011, the team won the Big Ten regular season championship. That was the first Uh, Big Ten Championship for Michigan State since 1979. In 2012, they went to an NCAA Regional for the first time also since 1979. In his tenure at MSU, uh, the Spartans have seen 34 draft picks. They've had 42 all-conference players, 123 academic all-Big Ten players, uh, and they also, um, for three straight years, the team has earned the ABCA Team Academic Excellence Award. Uh, Coach Boss, really appreciate you being on the podcast today. I'm excited to get into this with you. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff, and uh, I'm excited as well. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. So I'd like to start with something that stands out uh, from the bio, and for you, you've spent, um, you know, pretty much your whole career in Michigan, uh, almost all your whole career in Michigan, spent a little bit of time outside of it, but uh, I know you're you're from the area. What is it about, uh, I guess, the opportunities you've had? How have you gotten to a point, I guess, where you uh, you've got the opportunities to stay there and, and haven't really had a pull to, to go elsewhere. A lot of coaches will try to go, you know, maybe to find some warmer weather. You know, what is it for you that's kept you around home? Well, that's just it, Jeff. I mean, this is home, you know, and uh, I've never really felt the pull to, uh, uh, you know, pursue anything in, in any type of warm weather state. I, I love the four seasons. Um you know, from a weather perspective, I think, uh, you know, sometimes in the north in, in baseball, you, you can get a little bit, uh, uh, you know, it can get tough in the spring, you know, when it's cold. But uh, at the same time, 
I think you you know we kind of recruit to that, and uh, you know there's a, a a certain type of kid I think that's used to getting ready to play a season in the cold, um, and it's just something that I, I I've always known, you know. And uh, uh, my parents are still uh, are still alive and well, and, and um, you know it's just uh, you know we're, we're we're very close. I played for my dad in high school, uh, coached against my dad. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to coach with my dad uh, at Eastern Michigan, uh, and then my dad coached uh, for me. He was our volunteer assistant for four years. Um, so, you know, it, that that's been uh, that's been an unbelievable blessing to, to me and my family. Um, but you know, when you know, growing up here in East Lansing, uh, we were I was always a Michigan State fan. You know, we we would come to football games, basketball games, baseball games. And, you know, we're always big Spartan fans and. And uh, when I got into the college coaching uh, ranks, this was kind of the dream job for me. And uh, I thought, you know, how cool would it be to uh, to actually be a part of an athletic department like Michigan State after, you know, really kind of watching it from the sidelines as a fan growing up and, and for most of my life. And, and uh, you know, for the last uh, 12 years now, I've been able to do that. And just uh, I, I, I pinch myself almost every day going into the office. I can't believe I'm the head baseball coach at Michigan State. I appreciate hearing that. Uh, uh, just I like speaking with guys, and just like to hear that there are guys at your level who who still feel that way, and who um, you know appreciate the places that they are, and, and don't grow too big. I guess uh, you know some guys, in, and you know plenty of these guys, I'm sure, but uh, you see guys all the time in this profession that put on a new uniform, and all of a sudden they they forget where they came from. Uh, I've I've legitimately had people that you know as there were two volunteers sitting next to each other at, at camps and having fun and and were friends and then they put on a bigger uniform with a bigger name and then you see them out at an event and it's like you got to you know you're pulling teeth to get them to say hello to you and uh, that kind of stuff I don't understand so <laughs> your your perspective is a breath of fresh air I'm sure for a lot of coaches out there. Yeah, well I appreciate that, Jeff. You know I, I mean I spent a lot of time early in my career you know, looking for the next job or, or being worried about, you know, maybe the next job or where my career is headed. And, uh, um, you know, I, I pursued the job at, at Michigan as an assistant and, and uh, you know, uh, for a good friend of mine uh, working for Rich Maloney, who's, a, 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 like I said, a friend, but also a, a mentor in my life. And, uh, you know, I pursued that job pretty, pretty uh, hard and uh, was fortunate and blessed to get it. Um, but during my time there, I had a chance to sit down with Bo Schembechler, uh, the former football coach at the University of Michigan. And, um, you know, you got to understand, growing up as a Michigan State fan, uh, I thought Bo Schembechler was, uh, was the, one of the most hated human beings on the planet as far as I was concerned. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't like Michigan football. I didn't like Bo. I didn't like any of those guys. But, you know, I had an opportunity to sit down with him, you know, because he was a legend in, in college football, and we had an unbelievable conversation. We talked for over an hour, and, and uh, I'll never forget, he told me, he kind of asked me what my career aspirations were, and then I started to lay it all out for him, and he stopped me dead in my tracks, and he said, listen, all you need to worry about is do as good a job as you can where you're at, and the rest is going to take care of itself. And I never forgot that, and uh, I never start. I never looked for another job uh, after that day, and uh, I just concentrated on what I was doing and, and figured that you know God had a plan for me, and and, and uh, you know just kind of trusted that 
you know, that that would take care of itself, and it, it certainly has, and I think it's, uh, it's been uh, an awfully satisfying and rewarding, rewarding career uh, up until this point. I know that when I coached, I was, you know, applying for all kinds of jobs every summer, and we get frustrated when you don't get a call that you feel like you should get, especially when somebody gets hired that you feel like maybe you are more qualified than, and maybe, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's you, know, you kind of ask yourself all these questions of why, you know, why you're not getting more attention, but when you really trust, <laughs> put a little trust into it and um, just kind of let things let things fall where naturally they might, a lot of good things happen. Not that you shouldn't do anything, but like you said, if your focus is to do the best job that you can where your feet are, then a lot of good things happen. Um, you got to coach, uh, you, you've grown up, I guess you grew up in a family where your, your dad was a, a coach pretty much probably your whole life. Uh, and you guys actually got to coach together a little bit. But what was it like to grow up uh, with your dad as a coach and, and being the son of a coach? How much did that impact your career as a player, as a coach, as a person? What did that? What, what effect did that have on you, coach? Yeah, it had a huge impact on me, and I think it was you know it was awesome. I, you know, my dad coached football. He coached baseball. He coached wrestling. Um, he's in the Michigan High School Hall of Fame uh, as a baseball coach, and, and certainly that's where he spent most of his time. But you know, I, I remember, you know, as far one of my first memories is, is uh, you know, being probably three years old, four years old with my little uniform on and running around in the dugout, you know, his players, you know, throwing me around like a rag doll. And, you know, these are 17, 18-year-old high school kids. But to me, you know, those guys were Superman. You know, I mean, they were, you know, they were, uh, they were big, they were fast, they were strong, and, you know, so much older than me. And those guys were my heroes, you know, growing up. And then, you know, when he coached football, I, I, I will still maintain there is nothing like a football locker room about five minutes before kickoff. I mean, I thought that was the coolest thing that I had ever gotten to experience. And, you know, I have a son who's 18 years old now, just just finished his senior season of, of football. And, you know, to be on that side of it, to watch that, uh, you know, to watch him go through that, I think is just the, the, the coolest thing. And, and um, you know, those experiences really kind of shaped me. Um, you know, but my dad was always my hero, and to get a chance to play for him was pretty special. Um, but it wasn't easy. You know, I, I I probably made it a lot more difficult because I wasn't a very good player. <laughs> it could have been a lot easier had I been better. Um, to be quite honest with you, but uh, you know, the best thing my dad did for me my junior year of high school was he sat me down and put me on the bench for uh, for uh, a while, and because um, I wasn't playing well, and. Uh, you know, that really shaped me in a lot of different ways, not only as a player, but as a coach. I think I have a, a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe empathy uh, for for the guys that, uh, you know, that, that are struggling, you know, maybe a little bit, guys that aren't playing. I, I know where they're coming from. Um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're they, that's going to, you know, they deserve a chance, um, you know, to play. I mean, I think you earn your chances in practice and, and uh you know, things of that nature, and, you know, but at the same time, I think um, I can help those guys understand what it means to be a good teammate uh, and that it's about us and that it's not about me. And, uh, you know, so I think those those things really shape who I, who I am as a coach now today. But, you know, I, I also think that, um, you know, being, being a, a very average player, I had to try to figure a lot of things out. You know, I, I had to figure out how to you know, if I wasn't going to be able to hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, I had to figure out uh, how to foul it off at least and, and, you know, maybe sit on a breaking ball or figure out a way to get on base. And uh, You know, so I think all those experiences really kind of shaped me. And, 
you know, but my dad is, was, is, was, and, and still is a hard worker, um, you know, and, and we went in every, you know, all summer long to work on the field. Um, you know, he worked hard at fundraising. He, he took an inner city, uh, high school baseball program, uh, and turned it into one of the best programs in the state, uh, of Michigan. And, you know, he was taking his spring trips, uh, to Puerto Rico with this team in Arizona and, these kids were given an, an unbelievable experience. He took a team of high school kids to Russia uh, to play. Uh, you know, so I, I saw what it what it took to uh, and what kind of work ethic it took to uh, to really give these guys an opportunity. Um, you know, and the most important thing that probably I learned from my dad was uh, you know the relationship piece of, of coaching. And uh, you know, it, it's uh, it can get exhausting sometimes going to a Michigan State football game, basketball game with my dad because. You know, he likes to walk around during halftime, and, and you can't go more than 10 feet without somebody stopping him and, uh, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, or coming up to me and saying, hey, I, you know, I had your dad in gym class in 1972, or, you know, I played for your dad in 1980, or, you know, something like that. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's really something neat for, for me to see, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I get a chance to puff my chest out maybe a little bit because, you know, because I'm proud of, of who I am, I'm proud of uh, where I came from, and you know, um, it's uh, it's it's a pretty cool thing to see. I think it puts things in perspective for sure. Very cool. So, as a uh, a guy who played for Dad and then did play in college, you're a four-year letter winner. Uh, I don't know a lot of stats besides that, but I mean, obviously, you you had you had some <laughs> we had some success in college. Uh, one of the issues I think they uh, that that has come up in today's game because of the nature of travel baseball, kind of what it's blown into. It's blown into big business and, and things of that nature. Parents sometimes get too involved, uh, you know, can be a little bit overbearing, overwhelming for their kid. Uh, they can, you know, parents can be an issue in the recruiting process. Um, how did your dad handle all that? Obviously you said that he, you know, he, he had some tough love for you at times, but how did he handle things in the recruiting process? How did he handle you, um, you know, just just day to day as a player? You know, with having your kid on your team is not always an easy thing, but uh, and I'm asking this just to kind of give parents that are listening to this an idea of maybe how uh, maybe a good way to approach things with their son. Um, you know, the, the son has a chance to play in college and um, you know has a chance to to do some good things, but uh, again, sometimes as a parent, it's easy to be too much in your kid's business or too overwhelming in that process. So how did your dad handle things do you think might be uh, a good insight for a parent listening to this, maybe how they can handle things with their own kids? Well, I think my dad put me in a position, you know, to uh, to, to take advantage maybe of, of an opportunity or two, you know. And I, and I think that as a parent, you know, again, I have I have a daughter who plays uh, uh, volleyball and softball at the Division three level. Uh, my son is uh, is a senior in high school. He's going to play Division three baseball as well. Um, you know, I think as a parent, you know, my job is to encourage my kids. My job is to love on my kids. Um, my kid, my job is to be honest with my kids. Uh, that can be the toughest one, you know, because nobody likes to see their kid fail. Uh, and, and I think a lot of times, um, you know, it's easy to try to blame somebody else. It's the coach's fault or it's the umpire's fault or you know, this and that, but, you know, I, I think you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with your, with your, with your kids. And, um, you know, then I, I think just provide them with the tools to take advantage of opportunities. And I think that's what my dad did. You know, I think I remember the day that my college coach came to watch us play and, uh, you know, 
he had asked about several different guys, and I think at the end my dad said, oh, by the way, you might, you know, my son is, is a first baseman here and, and isn't going anywhere yet, and, you know, just see what you think. Um, and I had a good day that day, and, and you know, he was, uh, my college coach was interested, came back a couple more times to watch me play. Uh, a couple times I knew he was coming, a couple times I didn't. Um, but what my dad had instilled in, in us and what we try to do with our guys here at Michigan State you know, with the pro guys is, uh, you know, we want to play the game the same every day. You know, you have to play the game like somebody's going to see you play for the very first time. And we want to leave a lasting impression on, on whoever that person is. And, uh, you know, I think my dad instilled that in, in me. And, and uh, uh, you know, we, we in turn kind of tell our guys, like I said, the same thing. But, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I think it's important for parents to understand um that, uh, you know, I don't coach the parents, you know, I coach the son. And, you know, during the recruiting process, uh, I want to talk to the player, um, you know, and we have, I have great relationships, don't get me wrong, I have great relationships with all of our parents, uh, but they don't play for me, you know, and I encourage them, you know, your job is to love and support your son. Um, your job's not to coach him because that's my job. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, there's a bit of a disconnect there. And maybe, you know, rightfully so. I think we all love our kids. But at the same time, you know, you trusted me as a coach uh, to do just that. And, uh, you know, I don't, try to, I don't try to be these guys' father because uh, that's not my role. Um, you know, I will, uh, I will help in the growing process for sure. Uh, and, if, and if I need to step in, if I'm asked to step in, um, you know, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes. But... You know, I could be sometimes a father figure for some of these guys, but I'm not their dad. Um, and, and so, you know, the uh, I think the, the same is true on the other end of it. Um, you know, you, you trusted me to coach your, your son up. There's a lot of different ways to uh, to get something accomplished, but we need to be consistent in our message. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I think that my dad did for me, I went through a time in my, I think my junior year of college, I had played pretty much every game my first, my freshman and my sophomore years in college. My junior year came around, and there was a freshman that uh, was playing pretty well, and uh, I was not playing well, and I found myself, uh, you know, back on the bench, and, and I called to my dad to, to uh, you know, to kind of uh, unload on him maybe a little bit emotionally. I was pretty frustrated, and, and um, you know, I knew he had known my coach uh, for a while. I said, why don't you call him and find out what's going on? Uh, and that was the wrong thing to say to my dad. <laughs> he absolutely let me have it at that point and, and said, listen, if you have a problem, you need to go be a man and grow up and take care of this yourself and fight your own battles, essentially. And he says, if, if you don't know why you're not playing, you need to go in and have that conversation. And that, that was a tough conversation, um, you know, but I did. And I think I was a better player for it. I was a better uh you know, uh, uh, I was a better man, I think, for it, and, and I learned a lot from that. And uh, you know, I didn't find myself back in the lineup because I went in to go talk to the coach. Uh, but what I did do was, or what it what it did for me though, is I, I was very clear. It was very clear at that point what I needed to do, um, and you know, it got me away from pouting uh, about not playing to get back to working hard. And I worked my tail off and found my way back in the lineup. And uh, you know, had my dad made that phone call for me. Uh, I wouldn't have learned a thing, and so he really did me a favor, uh, you know, by that. I, you know, playing for him, like I said, was tough. He was hard on me um, because he wanted it to be very clear that I wasn't, you know, being shown any favoritism whatsoever, uh, and that made it tough 
uh, that made the drive from school home uh, tough sometimes, and uh, certainly made it tough on my mom because we got stuck in the middle of it a lot of times. <laughs> uh, but you know, again, looking back, is uh, it was the best thing that he could have done for me, uh, and uh, you know, I appreciate that very much. Let's stay on that track for a little while. Um, once I, when I stopped coaching in college, I, I, I tried to coach high school. I coached a fall, spring, and a fall before I, uh, I, I got out of that for actually for figured out baseball purposes. Things started getting busy here, and I've got another job. I've got kids, and I just I felt like I couldn't, you know, I, I wasn't gonna be able to give everything I had to everything. So, anyway, but the year, the little bit I coached in high school. Um, that was one of the messages that I tried to convey, and maybe college is a little different in this respect, but maybe it's not. Uh, but just try to talk to guys about trying to figure out what a role could be if you're not a starter, uh, and figure out what positive roles you could still have on your team, and how you can still be a good teammate, how you can still help your team win, even though you're not one of the nine guys that's penciled in on that particular day. Um, what are co- some conversations that you have with players now? Uh, at Michigan State, assuming that you do have these conversations with guys that are they're disappointed they're not starting, maybe they think they should be starting, but uh, but they still have to find some way to contribute and some way to be a part of the team. And like you kind of said, instead of pouting, there's, there are other things that you can do. What are some conversations you have right now uh, with kids that are in that position that, uh, again, might be able to help someone who's listening to this uh, whether it's a coach or whether it's a parent of a player who's in that situation, what are the conversations you have right now, Coach Boss? Well, sure. I think, you know, and that's a tough conversation. I've got 35 guys on my team and only nine of them can play at a time, you know. And so that's, uh, uh, you know, and every one of these guys, uh, you know, not only here but, you know, uh, most places has grown up being the best kid on their team and been, the, you know, the all-conference player and, and has, has, is not used to, you know, kind of sitting on the sidelines and watching. And, uh, you know, that's a tough deal uh, for a lot of guys, and understandably so. Um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, um, you know, building into others. You know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, helping make somebody else better. Uh, and I think when you're able to do that, when you're able to take that focus and, and uh, help somebody else get better, I think you in turn, you know, get better as well. I, I think it's interesting when, you know, we go through a, a number of practices in the fall and in the, you know, in the winter and things like that and, and you know, go through some instruction with our guys and, and uh, technique-wise and things like that. Uh, you know, some of them grasp it pretty quickly. Some of them, you know, it takes a little bit longer. But, you know, we have camps for young kids. And, and when our players work the camps, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're in the coaching role. And to, to listen to them teach the game kind of how we've taught it to them at the end of the day to a man most of these guys would say you know it's starting to make a little bit more sense now that i'm on the other side of it and i'm working with somebody trying to help them get better uh and so i think when you pour into somebody else uh you know not not only does it make them better but i think it makes you better as well um you know the other part of it too uh, you know again as cliche as it is uh, you know, it, it's about us. It's about the team. And, you know, if you are not, um, if, if you're not on the field and you don't stay engaged uh, in what's going on on the field during the ball game, you know, you're not going to be ready if you, if you get an opportunity. Uh, because you're one check swing away from, you know, uh, a guy breaking his wrist and, and, you know, somebody else getting a, an opportunity. You're one pitch away. You know, you're one swing away, you're one stolen base away, whatever it is, from 
you know, if you're on the bench, uh, you, you're one of those things away from being put in the ball game. And if you're not ready, uh, it's going to be tough for you to stay in the ball game. It's going to be tough for you, for me to put you into the next one. Um, so, you know, whether that be looking for tendencies, you know, based on what the other pitcher is doing to us, looking for paying attention to whether a runner touches first base or not, paying attention to, you know, um, you know where their defense is uh, uh, is shifting for our, you know, our hitter and, and how the opposing pitcher pitches to us based on what the defense is showing us, um, you know, keeping a pitching chart, keeping a hitting chart, I mean, you name it, there's a million different ways to stay involved. Um, and if you can stay involved now as a coach, I understand and I, and I can appreciate the fact that mentally you're ready, which means if you get an opportunity to pinch run, to pinch hit, to come into the game and relief on the bomb, you're going to be you're going to be ready to do that. And then at that point, you know, your physical ability will take over. But if you're not ready, you're not going to be successful. I'm going to ask this question because I think it's the perspective of a lot of parents out there. So just say that uh, that this player, you know, he's he's been working his butt off on your team for the last couple of years. He he does everything he's asked. He does a lot more. You know, he goes to hit on his own. He lifts on his own. Um, but you know, he's just not he's just not to the point. He, he is not not physically talented enough to be a starter on the team. But I think the perspective of a lot of parents, particularly at the high school level. Um, is that because my son works a lot and works hard and he, and he's, he never misses practice and he's, uh, you know, he's got a good attitude and, and we fundraise for the team and, and this and that, that like that, that that deserves a, a, an opportunity to play. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you that question. And I'm sure it's a little bit different at the, at the major division one level, but I think that, you know, we have a lot of call, a lot of high school coaches that uh, subscribe to the site and listen to these podcasts. And I'm sure they deal with that all the time. Um, What's the tough conversation that you have with parents there, or or, or players? If you have a, a player or a parent talking to you, uh, how do you address that? How do you how do you handle that? What's the right way to go about handling that for someone who's in that position that's getting that question? Uh, yeah, and I think it's you know first of all, I, I, I think and I do the same thing with our people. I mean, I, I I acknowledge the fact that they are absolutely correct. Their son does work hard. Uh, they do everything you know uh, that that we've asked them to do. Um, you know, but I would follow that up with, uh, that's the expectation. Um, you know, that's the expectation that's been set in our program. Um, you know, so while, yeah, absolutely, your son does work hard, I've got 34 other guys that, that work hard as well. Uh, and, you know, the fact that he's not on the field is not an indicator of what I what I think of him as a, as a person. Uh, it's not a, necessarily an, an indicator of what I think of him as a player. Um, but, you know, my job as a coach is to put the, the nine guys out there on the field that give us the best chance to win. And, uh, you know, that can be difficult when it's when it's not your son or your daughter. And, uh, you know, again, I've got kids of my own. You know, in my mind, uh, you know, my kids should hit third and, and uh, you know, every day. And my kids should be in the starting lineup every day. Uh, and the reality of it is, uh, you know, that's not, the, that's not always the case. I'm not at every practice. You know, I, I only see, you know, the ball game. I only see, um, you know, what, uh, you know, the, the kind of the end result. But I'm not there every day to watch my kids practice. And, and uh, that's when decisions are being made. And, uh, you know, my job is to trust that, uh, that the coach is putting the people out there that, that he thinks are going to help him win the game. I mean, I don't know one coach that will put players out there thinking that this guy is not going to help us win the game. 
um, you know, that's that's really that's not what we do. And those guys don't coach very long. And so, you know, there is a you know there is a set of trust that that is involved. Um, you know, but again, I would say you know working hard. Again, uh, that's the expectation. And um, you know, we've got a bunch of guys that do work hard, and the guys that don't work hard don't end up playing. Uh, you know, either. Uh, but uh, you know, I think uh, you know. I think you have to be able to be very careful, I guess, in how you define success. And I think that's part of that's a, that can be a very difficult thing. But I think you know, you go back to what John Wooden said about success. And you know, if I give him my best effort, uh, you know, he, he essentially just to paraphrase, I guess, that's how John Wooden defined you know success. And and you know, I tell my kids the same thing. You know, through a lot of their ups and downs, you know, if you've given everything that you have. Uh, in that practice, in that game, whatever it is, you know, up until, you know, for that entire season, if you've given everything that you have, then you then you can be very satisfied with the results, you know, with the outcome. Um, whether you play or not, you know, that's not in your, that's not under your control. Um, you know, you don't make the lineup card out, you know, you know, that's, that's, that's for me to do. But, um, you know, I, again, I think the, the level of expectation is hard work, and we've got a lot of guys that, that, that do work extremely hard. Um, you know, so at that point, ability, you know, really the ability kind of takes over. And some, you know, some guys are just quite honestly more, more talented than, than some others. Some guys, you know, are better at certain skills maybe than others. And um, I think understanding that role is what's going to be most important. The other thing, too, uh that can be difficult, um, especially for young kids, is, you know, to understand that, you know, if you're a freshman or a sophomore, you've got, you know, four and three years, you know, to, to do something like this. And when you're 18 and 19 years old playing against guys that are 21 and 22, maybe even 23 years old, it's a big difference. There's a big difference physically. There's a big difference mentally. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, really what, what Bo Schembechler told me when, I was, when we were talking about career. You know, do as good a job as you can that day, and the rest is going to take care of itself. And, um, you know, we talk to our guys, uh, you know, about that a lot. And, uh, you know, when you do get your opportunity, you need to be ready. Uh, because if you're not ready, uh, you're not going to get many more opportunities. I like this track that we're on, and if it's okay with you, I'm going to stay on it for a little bit. Just about um, talking about some some issues that that parents and kids have, and, and maybe some arguments and some you know some things that, that tough decisions you've got to make as a head coach. Um, what are your thoughts on whether or not players needed need to be treated equally as far as things like like punishments go? For example, like let's just I'm going to throw out a hypothetical situation. Uh, you know, spring season rolls around and 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 one of your best players does something dumb, uh, you know, and, and gets himself in some trouble. And, and it's similar to something a player last year did, but the player last year was you know on your 35 man roster might have been number 33 or 34 on your depth chart, and and you know this year it's one of your best players that you really rely on. Uh, this is pretty t- maybe a tough question, and, and hopefully it's it's okay that we're getting into this. But I'd like to try to ask some tougher questions sometimes to help people understand, and help people uh, you know kind of relate to things in their own situation. How do you handle that uh, type of situation among your players? Like, are all players created equal when it comes to that, or do you know do the better players get a little more leeway because they're more valuable to the team, whereas maybe the guy who's 
33rd or 34th on your depth chart. Uh, he's, you know, he's got to do everything he can to just to kind of hang on and to have a spot on the team. Uh, just curious to know your thoughts on that and how you handle that type of a situation. Well, I would say a little bit of both, Jeff. I think, uh, uh, you know, number one, yes, I, I do agree that all players uh, are, are, I guess, quote, to, you know, created equal. Um, you know, again, there are certain expectations of guys in our program um, that need to be met. And if they're not not met, then there are some consequences, you know. Um, with that being said, I'm very clear with our players that each situation is different. Each situation is uh, its own unique situation. Um, and as an example, uh, you know, it, it, kids are required, you know, and expected to go to class for us uh, at Michigan State. If you're not going to class, then you're not going to. Then I'm going to, if you know, if academics aren't important to you then I'm going to take some baseball away from you and make sure it becomes more important to you. Um, so, you know, in the past we've had, you know, say two guys that haven't gone to class. Uh, you know, the first kid, I, I, you know, we called him in and sat him down and said, what's the deal, why aren't you going to class? Well, I've got an 8 o'clock class in the morning. Uh, it's tough for me to get up. I said, well, that's not good enough, you know. And so, you know, there will be some consequences for that. Uh, the second kid, you know, comes in, why aren't you going to class? Well, Coach, you know, in one measure, and this is, this is uh, unfortunately, this was a true story for us. Um, you know, my mom found out she, had, she just got cancer. And uh, I've been really having a hard time dealing with that. And uh, I've got some, you know, biology classes that, you know, we're kind of talking about that right now. It's really tough for me, and I need some, you know, I, I, it's just really tough for me to handle right now. Two completely different situations. And if I took it at the surface, yeah, you're not going to class. Right. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to punish the young man because his mom has cancer. Uh, and so we found ways to work around that. We found ways to, uh, you know, to get him some help, some people to talk to, uh, you know, understanding still that, OK, now we got to get back to class. Um, but at the same time, for me to suspend that young man, uh, I think would be a mistake. And I think that would that would be a problem. Uh, you know, I think that would that would cause him to, that would have caused him to you know, go into a, a, a tailspin, to be quite honest with you, because his support group, his support network um, is the team. You know, it's a close-knit group, and he needs to be around those guys uh, for that support. And uh, uh, so two completely, uh, you know, two, two situations that look very similar on the surface, but when you dig down, um, two completely different situations. And, and I think that's how we deal with things a lot at Michigan State. You know, uh, each situation is different. Um, you know, if something does happen where, you know, we have to discipline a kid, I will, I will also make, you know, make sure that the entire team knows in, in certain cases, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, call it what you want, call it a warning shot over the bow, uh, call it, uh, you know, strike one, call it whatever. But, you know, if, if one young man makes a mistake this week and somebody else makes the same mistake next week, um, you know, while they did both did the same thing, I would take the second one a little bit more uh, seriously, because you know you haven't learned anything. You know, I think we can all learn something from from, from situations, and and we're very clear. Excuse me, we're very clear with our team with how we deal with things. We're very open and honest um, with uh, about situations when we have to uh, when we have disciplinary situations. We're open and honest with what happened, and, and this is why uh, this is the measures that are taking place, and this is why. And uh, at the same time, if we as a group don't learn from this situation, 
then the next time it happens, the punishment could be a little bit more severe. And, um, you know, I think at our level, guys are, are pretty good about, you know, learning from others' mistakes as well uh, and making sure that things like that don't happen a second time. How much does your staff look into the character of, of players? And, and I'd like to... You know, as, as honest of an answer as you can. Obviously, everybody pays some pays attention to you know somewhat of the character, and you, and you want kids to hear the right message. But but to be you know, really really upfront and honest with people that are listening to this, how much does character play a part in the recruiting, so that uh, you know you can maybe try to limit some of the issues that you might have uh, with kids on campus, and is that a sliding scale based on talent? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> now, certainly, you know, it's the first thing that we do, you know, is look into a kid's character, you know, and understanding that the phone calls that we make are going to be, you know, the coach is going to tell me, I know what the answer is before I ask the question. The coach is going to tell me he's the best kid that he's ever, that's ever played for him. Um, you know, he's a great kid. He works hard and, and on and on and on. But I'll tell you, um, you know, what we do a lot of is we get on social media and we try to do our due diligence on social media because I do think social media is a, is a window into who uh, who somebody is as a person. Um, if we find some things that are questionable on social media, that throws up a lot of red flags. Um, you know, if we, we'll go and watch kids play uh, really incognito. You know, I'll go and sit in my car and, and watch a game or I'll go without any Michigan State gear on and, and stand on the left field line all by myself and, and watch a game because I want to see how this kid plays when when he doesn't think anybody's there to see him. Uh, so character is a big, big you know piece of what we do. That said, um, you know there are some guys that uh, I, I would say questionable characters probably pushing it. Um, you know, but we've taken you know I understand also that guys aren't perfect. You know, and and you know you try to uh, you try to I guess differentiate between maybe some of the innocent mistakes that kids would make on social media because just from a lack of maturity or lack of experience um, to really serious, you know, uh, issues that you think might might cause, you know, uh, some harm and some friction in your program. Um, and so we try to differentiate between the two. We, we certainly have taken some kids that, uh, that maybe we thought had a red flag or two, uh, and those kids have worked out great in our program, and kids that have, have done a, a really nice job in our program, uh, and we're very close to, you know, still uh, to this day. Um, and so, again, I think that's different for each kid. Um, you know, if a kid has a, a lot of different red flags and we think that it's going to be a problem uh, for us in our program, uh, regardless how good that young man might be, uh, you know, we're not going to recruit that uh, because I think there are, um, you know, there are, there are certain things that, that I think can really tear a program down uh, regardless of athletic ability, and uh, that that I don't need to have in, in my program. I think uh, you know when we recruit at Michigan State, we talk about you know making a commitment to these guys for four and five years, and I don't want to be in a situation where you know I may have to tell a kid that um, you know that's uh, that's not going to be the case. You know you're going to be done after uh, after a year or two, and and we've never had to kick a kid off our team. Uh, you know we've we don't we, you know nobody's perfect. We've had to discipline some guys. Um, but for the most part, we've gotten good kids that work hard and, and are proud to be uh, proud to be Spartans. Last question, Coach Boston, then I'm going to let you go. Um, besides physical tools, 
Maybe I'll start there if we can make this a two-part question. What are some of your your best your your favorite physical tools to recruit? And then I'll I'll go to a part two. But you know obviously there there are a lot of tools to recruit. But um, just whether you know pitching or hitting, what do you get most excited about? Maybe a couple tools in particular that uh, maybe are some of your favorite tools to recruit. And a guy like you see it, you see a guy with this tool, and and you're gonna you're more likely to recruit him. You know, because of that one or that one tool, that one tool, or maybe a couple tools that he's got. Do you have any anything in particular that, that kind of stands out to you when you're recruiting a guy? Well, you know, I, I tell you, Jeff, I think uh, you know we've had some teams like this in the past, and and uh, you know, I like big, strong, physical guys. I, I like walking off the bus looking like a football team, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and, and you know, we've had some guys that uh, you know that have been some some pretty impressive specimens in, in the uniform. Now, that doesn't that doesn't mean we can all play, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that, that type of, uh, size and, and strength doesn't necessarily always translate over onto the field. But, you know, at the same time, I think when you have big, strong guys at the plate, um, you know, you're one swing away from a, a two or a three run home run and getting right back into the ball game. Um, you know, but we do like to have some balance. I think, uh, you know, I do like to have guys that can really run as well, you know, both at the top and the bottom of the order as everybody does. Uh, and typically those guys aren't the six six, you know, two hundred forty pound guys, and so um, you know we try to keep a, a bit of a balance there. But I think athleticism, you know, for for me and for most guys at the Division One level, most guys at the college level, I think athleticism is most important um, because if you have a good athlete, you know, not only can you move him around to different positions, and and uh, you know he can he can be uh, a lot of different things uh, for a lot of different people, but. Uh, uh, you know, I think there's always a chance that he's going to continue to get better and better and better. And by the time he's a junior or senior, you could have something that's pretty special. How about anything off the field, maybe through conversations, um, or just maybe it's it's something you see in pregame with teammates or anything like that, any particular um, attributes that wouldn't maybe necessarily be uh, thought of as tools that you really like that, hey, like when you realize a kid has this about him, that makes you even more excited to recruit him. Yeah, I think a maturity and a confidence about them, are, I think, are two pretty important things. And I, and I will tell you, you know, you can you can find that out, I think, pretty quickly when you get a chance to meet a kid and, and have a kid in on a visit. I mean, uh, you know, first impressions, uh, you know, mean an awful lot. And all those cliches are true. But, you know, when, when we shake a kid's hand, you know, if we get a firm handshake and a, and a look in the eye, I think that's a great start. Uh, I think that, that um, you know, that kind of tells you that, you know, the kid is a confident kid. He's, he's, he's got some maturity to him. And then, um, you know, if he's able to hold a conversation with you, if he's able to, to talk, you know, about his other teammates and his coaches and in, in a positive way, um, you know, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where there's a big difference, I think, between confidence and arrogance. And I think arrogance is, is something that, um, you know, that happens when you try to elevate yourself by putting somebody else down. Uh, and, and that I don't want any part of, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I would love to have a confident kid who is confident in his, in his ability, but also confident that he can get the best out of his teammates. And leadership goes into that as well. But I think those things are, are paramount to, uh, to having a good program. And I understand you can't have 35 leaders. I mean, leaders need people to follow them. And, uh, you know, I think that's a big part of it as well. Uh, and so to have 35 leaders, you're going to have a bunch of, of, of strong-willed, strong personality guys that, uh, uh, you know, is going to be, you know, can be a challenge, I think, sometimes when you have too many of them. But, you know, again, I think you have to have guys that are willing to pour in somebody else 
uh, and, and understand that uh, you know maybe the um, you know our purpose is 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 one group and one unit to be successful. I appreciate that very much, Coach Boss. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be here with us today. This is Jake Boss. Everybody's the head coach uh, for the Michigan State baseball team. Uh, a longtime Michigan guy, uh, a lot of different, several different colleges in Michigan. A great track record and a lot of really great insight today. Uh, we're very blessed to have you on the podcast. I just want to thank you again for your time. I know that this is uh, we're in the shutdown phase. Uh, where everybody's kind of staying at home and we don't know when we're going to see baseball again. So it's great to connect with some guys and at least be able to talk about baseball and for people listening to this just to, to hear from people like you. So sincerely appreciate uh, the time that you gave us today. Well, my pleasure, Jeff, and uh, to you and everybody else, you know, please stay stay safe and, and stay healthy. And, uh, you know, we'll get through this trying time and there will be baseball again uh, at some point. But, uh, you know, enjoy the time to slow down, enjoy your families and, and – uh, um, you know, this this uh, this too shall pass. Very well said. Thanks so much, and uh, best of luck. I hope you and your family stay safe as well, and hopefully we're watching Michigan State baseball next spring. Okay, thanks, Jeff.